Take your Bibles this morning. Turn with me to the book of John and chapter 4. The book of John and chapter 4. Last week we looked at verses 46 and 47 of this fourth chapter. And we saw that this noble man, this man who was an officer in Pharaoh's court, had a beginning faith. He had faith. Regardless of how weak or how strong it was, he had faith. As was exhibited by the fact that he had previously known of the Lord Jesus Christ, had probably even heard him preach and teach, was probably even witness to the great signs and wonders which Jesus did. And now he having a son that was near death, who was sick and, and he was at the point of death and hearing that Jesus had returned to Galilee and was in Cana his faith caused him to leave his dying child and go a day's journey To get one whom he knew could help. One whom he knew could heal his son. And then also last week we saw in verse 48 and 49, we, we see not what Jesus was meaning to be a discouragement, a rebuke, to the noble man when, when he approached him and besought him, begged him to go with him to heal his son. But we find Jesus testing his faith. And he tested that by saying, except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe in fact the nobleman had already believed he'd already witnessed the signs and wonders which Jesus had done he knew that Jesus healed his son he just thought Jesus had to come with him to his house to heal him 
And so we find in these verses, 48 and 49, a persistent faith. Verse 49, he, he, he said unto him, Sir, come down, come down before my son die. <laughs> in other words, he persisted. He wasn't, he wasn't to be cut off. He knew Jesus could hear him. And he wasn't going to be put off. His faith was not going to be swayed. He knew that Jesus could. And he knew that Jesus would heal his son. So we seen a beginning faith and a persistent faith in this theme of a growing faith. Today we want to encounter the third growth, the, the third display of a growing faith. Actually, it is the third uh, display of all faith. And that is an obedient faith. Look with me at verse 50. Jesus saith unto him, Go my way, thy son liveth. Notice the command. Go your way. Go back home to your son. He liveth. He's alive. I've healed him. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. He obeyed. He didn't. He didn't question. Well, how can that be? You didn't. You didn't even come down to my house. How? How can? How can that be? You see, he just believed. He believed the word that his son lived and continues to live it points out to us the fact that that true faith is an, an obedient faith I have come across people worked with some worked with a dear lady oh she she believed in the Lord Jesus Christ she trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. She was looking for the Lord Jesus Christ to come back. But she did not obey the word of God. I meet people all the time who, yes, I'm believing in Jesus. But they do not obey the words of God. A true faith obeys. A true faith is an obedient faith. Obedience must. It must accompany our faith. Otherwise, it is dead. Turn with me. Back to the book of Hebrews in chapter 11. And I know we looked at verse 6 last week. But I want you to take a look at verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11 again this week. Notice what it says here. 
But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why is it impossible to please God without faith? Because you're disobedient. Because you're in rebellion. To him. But faith, faith which operates and manifests itself in obedience to the word, <laughs> pleases God. For it's a real faith. It is true faith. Look with me down at verse 8. And look at Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was called out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance obeyed you see his faith obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went he didn't he didn't argue with God he didn't wrestle with God he didn't fight with God he didn't question God he obeyed You and I have faith. We obey God's word. We see it in God's word. We hear it preached from God's word. We obey. Abraham obeyed. Look, look with me at verse 17. Look at how strong his faith was in obedience. Verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, tested, proved, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. He, he obeyed God. God told him to take and offer your only son Isaac, your son Isaac, as a sacrifice unto me, and he obeyed. And he went, and he was Full willing to do it. Look at verse 18. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. He, God had told him, it's not Ishmael. It's not any of the other sons that, that Abraham was going to have after the death of Sarah. It wasn't Midian or any of those other sons that were born uh, to Keturah after Sarah's death. But it was in Isaac. And Isaac was the promise. And now God's telling him to take and offer him as a sacrifice. I might have said, but God, you, you said that in Isaac is, is the promise. In Isaac the seed. And Abraham didn't. Abraham obeyed. Look at verse 19. Counting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. <laughs> you see, he obeyed not because he believed that if, if he offered him as a sacrifice, he, his death Done, God would raise him up. He had promised 
that in Isaac was the promise, was the seed to come. Turn with me now to the book of James. The book of James in chapter 1, in verse 22. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Be obedient. Have works of obedience, obedience unto God. For if any be a hearer of the word, I hear, I heard the word preached, and I believed. But there's no works, there's no obedient works. Did you hear? For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, whosoever looketh into the perfect gospel of Jesus, the perfect word of God, and continueth therein, he walks therein, he walks in the word, he's in the word, he sees the word, he hears the word, and he does the word. He, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds, in his works, because it is the work of faith. And the work of faith is obedience to God. The command and the promise of Jesus was forceful. Go thy way. It was his word. I invite you to consider who it was, whose word it was. It was the word of Jesus. Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And not anything was that was made was and not and everything was made by him and not there was not anything made that was not made by him. That's Seth Bourne's paraphrase of verse three of John one. In the beginning was God. And the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word was the creator. What power was in there? He spoke the word. And it came into existence. Complete and entire. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you ever hear the age-old question, which came first, the, the chicken or the egg? Well, I know what came first. Because I believe God's word. The chicken came first. Oh, creation was created in its 
maturity and with life sustaining thereafter. The word is powerful. The command, go thy way. And the promise was, your son lives. <laughs> your son lives. He's not going to die. He's, he lives. He's healed. This noble man believed. His belief in Jesus' word was followed by his obedience. He went his way. He did as Jesus commanded. He believed the word that Jesus had spoken, and he went his way, his way back home. Obviously, the next day. This would have been late in the afternoon evening and stayed the night next morning he gets up and he's happy and joyous and on his way home and I imagine he's just skipping down the road and singing a song he's happy he believed how quickly did he believe over process of time was it a progressive faith <laughs> no he believed immediately Immediately, he believed. How quickly did he obey? Boy, he turned immediately. He, he didn't, like so many Christians today, argue with God. He didn't argue with him. About, well, well, I can't be. You didn't even come down to my house. How, how, can, how can my son be healed? I, I don't believe you healed him. That's the way we would do it today, isn't it? Not this noble man. He turned immediately and heading home to his son. He believed, and so he obeyed. That's all there was to it. I believe, and his belief obeyed what did he believe well just some things he believed the Lord's love he believed the Lord loved he believed he had compassion in his love and compassion he believed that Jesus cared. We have a song that we sing. Does Jesus care? Well, yes, he cares. He cares. He cares about his people. He cares when we're troubled. Troubled. Turn with me to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter in chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Casting, throw, throw, don't hang on to him. What did this noble man do? 
He had to get to Jesus because Jesus could help. And he gets there and he threw them all on Jesus. He threw all his cares upon Jesus. Casting all your cares upon him for he cared for you. He knew Jesus cared. And so he goes to where Jesus is at. And he tells them all about it. He knew Jesus cared. Do you know Jesus cares? That he loves and cares for his own? Well, another thing this man knew. He knew that the Lord was omniscient. He knew that the Lord knew everything. Come with me, First John chapter three. First John chapter three. And look with me at verse twenty. First John three and verse twenty, we read, "For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart." And knoweth, and knoweth all things. He knows all things. Turn with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. In chapter 15, verse 18. Acts 15, 18 known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. <laughs> God knows all his works from the beginning of the... God knew all his works before he ever started the work of creation and finished the work of creation. He, he knows all his works that have not come to pass. He knows them all. Another blessed verse that we, we often go to on this thought is Romans 11 and verse 33. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. <laughs> oh, the depths. of his wisdom and knowledge. It's a wealth of riches. It's a storehouse. His wisdom and knowledge. You can't exhaust it. This verse is proclaiming the infinite wisdom and knowledge of God. That is, there's no limit. what God knows. He knows all. Well, this nobleman believed that God was omnipotent. He believed that Jesus had the power to heal his son even from a great distance. 
from a day's journey away, 20 miles away. Jesus didn't need to go over there. There's power in his word. Jesus is omnipotent. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians in chapter 6. And verse 18. Verse 18 says, And will be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Saith the Almighty. That is all might. That word means omnipotent. The Almighty. The all powerful one. The ruling omnipotent one. Turn with me to the book of Revelation. Several passages here in the book of Revelation, chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. He said, I am Alpha and Omega. Jesus speaking here in this first chapter to John. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come. Not only am I the ever-living one, not only am I the eternal one, but I am the almighty, the omnipotent God. Jesus said here, turn with me to chapter 4. Chapter 4 and look with me at verse 8. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night. Saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. He's Holy. He's Holy. He's Holy. He's the Almighty God. The omnipotent God, which was and is and is to come. He is the ever-living, the eternal, holy, and almighty God. One more passage in the 19th chapter of the book of Revelation. The 19th chapter. Look with me here at verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. They're announcing the bridegroom. They're mounting, announcing the Lord Jesus Christ. He's getting ready to receive his bride unto himself. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, 
the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. <laughs> the only place you'll find the actual word omnipotent, translated omnipotent, in the word, in the book. But we've looked at word, the words how many times just in the four other path, three other passages of scripture that we looked at using the word almighty which in place of omnipotent. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. He's the ruling. He's the ruling, supreme ruling one. He's the omnipotent one. He's the one with all power. He's the eternal one. He's the holy one. Jump with me down to verse 15. Get a glimpse of his power, his almighty power that he has. Verse 15. When he is coming as the mighty conqueror to defeat, to do war with the nations. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. And with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. He is the Almighty One. And He's going to defeat the nations, set up His millennial reign, and He's going to rule from His throne with a rod of iron. Faith is obedience. Faith demands obedience. Obedience to God. Obedience to His Word. Faith and obedience were necessary. They were necessary to receive the promise. Faith, this nobleman's faith, was evidenced by the fact that he obeyed. He believed the word, and he went his way back home as Jesus had commanded him. And I know and believe that he went his way back home knowing that his son was healed. He was joyful. God had blessed. God healed his son there is no real faith apart from obedience turn with me to the book of Luke see some more examples the book of Luke in chapter 17 and then verse 14 And when he saw them, I'll give you a setting here. This is Jesus. When Jesus saw them, who did he see? He had ten lepers that came to him, came to Jesus, and they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. In other words, heal, have mercy, have compassion on us, and heal us. 
And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. Why do I got to show, go show myself to the priest? Can't you just, can't you just heal us? Why do we have to go, go to the priest and show ourselves to the priest? Because I commanded you to go show yourselves to the priest. No, I didn't argue with Jesus. <laughs> they didn't get in a great confab with him. What did they do? And it came to pass that as they were, as they went, excuse me, as they went, What did Jesus command him to do? Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, as they were obedient to him, they were cleansed. They were healed of their leprosy. Now, Only one of them, ten, one out of the ten came back and thanked him and glorified and praised and worshipped the Lord Jesus Christ. Only one came back and worshipped God. But all ten were obedient and all ten were cleansed. But only one was really thankful for the cleansing that he had received. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews in chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. And here we have an il illustration of the obedience of Jesus Christ, of the submission of Jesus Christ. Verse 8 says, Though he were a son, learned he obedience, submission, by the things which he suffered. Jesus submitted himself. He submitted himself to come as a lowly man. Not to be served, but to serve. To suffer and to die. And he manifested that submission in his life, in his obedience, even unto the death. Look at verse 9. And being made perfect... He was perfect. He was the perfect Lamb of God. He was God manifest in the flesh. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, unto all them that submit to him, unto all them that in faith 
and obedience to him. Faith demands obedience. There is no real faith apart from obedience. Turn with me now to the book of James. The book of James in chapter 2. In verse 17. And James, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gives us the example that we read in the book of Hebrews. In James chapter 2 and verse 17. Even so faith, if it hath not works, if it hath not works of obedience, obedience to God is dead. It's a dead faith. And that faith being dead, the works therein are dead also. You see, there are a lot of men in this world today that have not faith, have not real faith, and they do good works unto men. I mean, they're, they're into charities and all these events, and, and they'll jump to help people in need and trouble. And they're the goodest, sweetest men you could know. But their works without faith is dead. Because it's not done in obedience to God and to His commands. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. You can't. And I will show thee my faith by my works. Our faith, our evidence, my faith, my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, my faith in God, by the life which I live, by the works which I do. That's what he's saying. Thou believest that there is one God. There are a lot of men who believe that there God. There's a lot of men that believe in Jesus Christ. But they have not works. They have not obedience. They do not obey the word of God. Look what he says concerning that. Thou doest well to believe in God. The devils also believe and tremble. You see, the devils believe, but they're without good works. They're without faith. True faith. True faith brings about obedience in our lives. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Faith without works of obedience is dead. There's no, no faith at all. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works? Oh. Verse 21. I skipped verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works 
when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? You see, he evidenced the fact that he believed God. How? By his works. By the life which he did. He took his son and offered him upon the altar as God had commanded him. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Not his own righteousness, but the righteousness of God. And he was called the friend of God, just as a commentary on that imputed righteousness. Romans chapter 4 is a great commentary on that. Psalms chapter 37, verse 5 says, Commit, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall. Bring it to pass. Commit thy way. Thy way. Your ways. Your works. Your doings. Your life. What you live. Commit it to the Lord. You do it because you trust Him. You're obedient to follow in the ways of the Lord God. Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. Chapter 3. In verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. All thy ways acknowledge Him. You see, if you really trust in the Lord, if you really got faith in the Lord, true faith, your ways will acknowledge the Lord. How? By obedience, because you're obeying. You're obeying His Word. You're obeying His commands. You don't argue with it. You read it and study it, and you go out and do it. Because you've seen it, and you believe. God, in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. True faith. If you're in possession of true faith, then you're obedient. You're obedient to God's Word. Just as this nobleman evidenced that he believed, that he believed the Word of Jesus. And he obeyed. And he returned home to his son who no longer sick, Shall we stand, have a song in closing?